One of the finest works by Mr. Edgar Allan Poe was The Fall of the House of Usher, a masterpiece. Its style in the writing was so Poe, and yet at the same time, there was an overall Americanness to it. There's an idea of the decay of an exceptionalism, which was actually relatively prominent in the 19th century, because this feeling that in the first hundred years of the American experiment, we actually hadn't managed to move beyond, to become the greatness that our Constitution had promised. And it wasn't really until the late 19th century, particularly the 1880s and 90s, that that sensation of America being exceptional, not being a rotting fruit on the vine, really took root again because of the massive prosperity that we saw during the Golden Age, the Gilded Age, or whatever you want to call that period. But the fall of the House of Usher is so much more, and it is such an amazing frame upon which to hang concepts, particularly visual concepts. And the version that does it the best, by far, is an avant-garde masterpiece. And it was directed by James Sibley Watson and Melville Weber. And Watson is probably the best-known figure here. Uh, he was an early experimenter in film. He was uh, an heir to the Watson fortune. Maybe you've heard of him. Uh, massively important family, but more importantly, worked in a magazine called The Dial. And The Dial was probably the most important magazine in the early 20th century to moving modernism into literature. But he didn't stop there. He kept working at bringing literature into film, and in particular into avant-garde film. His films dealt with experimentation, which moves him into the avant-garde realm, naturally. But in particular, the playing with symbols. And in this case, visual symbols. And The Fall of the House of Usher, in particular, worked by using three ideas that really bounce off one another. One is repetition. The idea that by encouraging the same shot, the same movement, the uh, literally the overlaid positioning of something like a hammer falling. It's the idea in uh, Spanish, for example, when where you say something once, it has an impact. If you say it twice, it doesn't negate one another for their negatives. So, you know, saying not not in English means yes, but saying not not in Spanish means very not. So if you're watching Mexican wrestling, for example, super means one thing, but super, super, super means the ultimate thing. And that repetition plays here so beautifully. It, it creates sort of a dreamlike state. And so there is an aspect of surrealism to it. But beyond that, it is an aspect of imagism. The idea that the image stands, every image, stands for an idea within the construct of the story. So when we are presented with a character, such as the woman buried alive by her 
family in this house. We understand it by the presentation of her image in repeated sense. It is as if she is omnipresent. The way it's built, this film is built, is key to the entire thing. One of the ways in which American avant-garde brought itself to prominence was by the understanding of what the set means to the story. A very good example uh, in European cinema, of course, is the cabinet of Dr. Caligari, the expressionist and the angles that are meant to disjoint you, and that happens here. In American film, and contemporary to The Fall of the House of Usher, of course, is The Life of Death of 9413, a Hollywood extra, which used miniature sets with very strange, again, very strange design elements, and also using many of the same. The play of the setting with the characters, particularly in something like The Fall of the House of Usher, is utterly important to the entire world of cinema. And when you look at things like uh, The Life and Death of 9413 Hollywood Extra, The Cabin of Dr. Calgary, The Fall of the House of Usher, what you're seeing is this impact of static imagery with the overlays, with the cinematography. But you're also seeing the manufacture of this. And that is important, something that is often missed. Because while, of course, scenes are built, actors are present, by doing things like projections, like screen text overlays, like intercuts, like uh, the small floating bits that are placed upon, upon scenes, that is construction. That is cinematically the import of imagery into a built environment. In essence, it is finally moving past the idea that your view is of a stage. It is fundamentally drawing the dividing line between what film presentation and what live presentations are. It is creating a separation. And that's big. That is the definition of film post mm, 1920. There were people who were doing interposition and so forth long before, yes. But here it becomes a significant cinematic language. And ultimately, this version of The Fall of the House of Usher is about creating a cinematic language. It is about creating a way to talk about Poe. Maybe not talk about Poe, but talk through Poe. This is telling a story about isolation, about madness, about drive, about history, and in particular history of failure. And how that all coalesces is through this imagery, but it cannot do it linearly through, through imagery. It has to do it through these fantastical elements, because there's no reading of The Fall of the House of Usher that really makes sense non-supernaturally. It has to be greater than that which we understand. Because if it's just someone was walled up and some stuff happened, eh. But when you move beyond that, when you experience the fall of the House of Usher 
as something more than just a story, then it becomes greater. And that's why you can hang all these elements on it. The fantastic is key to understanding Poe, but more important, it's key to understanding the evolution of American film. In fantasy, as it is steeped in all of this work, allows you to tell stories through new methodologies because you are removing reality from it. When the hammer goes down, we don't see a hammer trace itself three or four times. But by removing us from a world in which we expect to see what is a reality, then we are allowed to experiment with this. This is why things like The Fault in House of Usher, like Encounter of Dr. Kilgari, like The Life and Death of 941 through Hollywood Extra, like so many fantastic films, like the work of Melier, like the work of Blackton. It had to be fantastical to allow for the experimentation with what you are seeing and what you are experiencing. And that is what makes The Fall of the House of Usher one of the key fantastical films to influence the drive of American film to what it is today.